Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum, and today's show, we're going to be catching up with Sonia Romero, and she's the executive director from Thrive High. We've had her beyond before, but uh, we've got some exciting news to share with everybody. And uh, she's going to be here talking about the recent um, EDA, which stands for Economic Development Administration, Economic Development Administration that's part of the Department of Commerce at the federal level. And they've got a grant that they were just recently awarded called Build to Scale. So we'll talk about that. I want to welcome Sonia to Bite Marks Cafe. Hi. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, Sonia. So, uh, and for everybody who's listening, you know, Sonia's calling in from uh, New York, uh, six-hour difference. So appreciate the fact that you're staying up late uh, for uh, us here in Hawaii. Now, Sonia, I, I know, you know, we've had you on before. We've talked about Thrive High, but just for the, the sake of our listeners that might not have uh, heard about Thrive High, what is, what is Thrive High and, and what, do you, what would you characterize being sort of the purpose of Thrive High? Yeah, great question. So Thrive High is a nonprofit organization. We were started basically during the summer of 2022, so around a year ago. And our entire mission is centered around the idea of building the startup and tech ecosystem in Hawaii. Um, right now, we have a newsletter, we host events, um, we even have like small-scale pitch competitions. But in the future, we have pretty lofty visions of, of expanding what we do um, and really sort of being the backbone of the movement of organizations building Hawaii's startup and tech ecosystem. And so when you folks started the Thrive High, I mean, from the, from the get-go, were you always uh, considering it being a nonprofit? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think that from the start, what we really wanted to figure out is, is there a need for what we're doing? Is there a desire for what we're doing? And so when we first started, it was really just four of us who were like, let's just try and start a newsletter. Let's try and start mm-hmm. hosting events and see if anyone actually shows up. Um, and what we started to realize month after month was like we were always surprisingly impressed at the turnout and the positive feedback that we were getting um, and how many people continued to contact us and say, I'm really passionate about this mission too. Like, how can I get involved? How can I help? Um, whether they were on Hawaii or on the mainland. Um, and so after a while, we started to realize, like, okay, there's a lot of momentum behind this idea. Maybe we can actually turn into an official organization working towards this mission. And what we've seen across cities throughout the U.S. Um, is that they pretty much all have this sort of coordinating nonprofit entity mm-hmm. that works at this, like, ecosystem level to try and build the startup and tech ecosystem. And so that felt like the logical next step. Well, you know, that's that's really great to hear. And, and maybe, uh, Sonia, why don't you give some credit to the four people that you just mentioned that were kind of at the at the, at the the very start of this? Yeah, absolutely. So it was Rich Matsui, Trung Lam, and Johnny Chankamani, um, who sort of were the starting team alongside me, mm-hmm. uh, helping to build Graph High. And, you know, uh, just to you know, <laughs> recollect some of the, uh, his history of our startup um, uh, startup ecosystem. So there was a uh, an effort to do something called startup paradise, and I'm I'm sure you probably heard about that. And and mm-hmm. even even during the the time of startup paradise, uh, there was a convening and a discussion amongst the participants of how it how it would be the uh, best suited to continue 
the the momentum around developing not only the brand startup paradise but the organization around you know the startup and tech ecosystem so so that that was something that i think uh, even at that time was recognized as a as a need what what is different now is that of course sonia you're you're involved and i think you know finding the right person the right uh, energy the right kind of mix of personalities is really key uh, to mm-hmm. to taking it to the next level and and uh, I'm 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 impressed, and I'm glad that you're taking the helm <laughs> of this uh, movement. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And and I think for also something to note that's really important is like the people who were working on Startup Paradise all of those years ago, like really set a wonderful foundation. And the sort of like lucky unlucky moment that like I sort of stepped into was COVID, where all of a sudden remote work became the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and by remote work, like, becoming a norm, that sort of totally changed the opportunities for Hawaii, right? Where up until now, it felt like you had to be in person, and so Hawaii was so geographically remote that how would it even make sense to, like, build a startup and tech ecosystem? We truly have to do it from the ground up. But now we're, like, in this totally different world in which there is an opportunity for a lot of Kama'aina to come home to, like, a place that they want to raise their children through remote work. Um, and so I think it, it is, you know, it's the people, it's the place, and it's the timing, Right. Absolutely. In fact, a small little sort of uh, anecdotal story is the fact that even this show that I'm now talking to you and you're in New York, typically Mm -hmm. pre-COVID, I would have had expected you to be here in the studio with me. So, you know, that's that's sort of the the new dynamic that I think we're all facing at a larger at a larger scale. You're describing sort of the new the future of work, some some of the new opportunities that the pose itself for Hawaii uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think the dynamic has changed, and I think it's a, it's a great sort of timing and opportunity for you guys to, to step in and, and uh, see, you know, what kinds of, you know, great, great new things might come of it. Now, speaking of new great things, uh, part of the, the real kind of announcement that we wanted to help get the word out is the fact that Thrive High uh, went and got uh, a federal grant from the Economic Development Administration. And and I mentioned that in the intro, but uh, tell me, I mean, was that something that you had aspired to do, or how did the how did the network sort of uh, present itself to you that you now wanted to go after this EDA grant? Yeah, absolutely, great question. Um, so you know, long answer short, like no, we had no idea about this grant in advance, but it was actually someone within the network. Um, I think Bethany Hall at Kamehameha Schools who reached out to Trung. Um, one of the co-founders, and said, hey, I've, I've found out about this grant. It seems like a great opportunity for Thrive. You folks should apply. Um, I think it was maybe a month before the grant was due. Mm-hmm. So it was a mad scramble um, for anyone that's applied to a government grant. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of work that goes into into writing an application. Um, but again, like it was a lot of the community who stepped up, who were willing to provide like in-kind matching donations, who notified us about the grant in the first place that really allowed us to push it over through the finish line and, and write an application that got us an award. And and tell us a little bit about this award. What is it that it's actually funding? And then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into, like, what is the actual deliverable. But what is the expectation from the EDA? Yeah, so what we won was a build-to-scale Venture Ignite grant. The EDA has three tiers to this grant. They have Ignite, Build, and Scale, um, and each of those 
like levels sort of pay a different amount. Mm-hmm. At the Ignite level, it's basically the lowest tier. It has like the smallest grant size, and it's for economies that truly are at like the very earliest stages of startup and tech development. And so this grant is supposed to help you know XYZ organization facilitate some sort of strategic plan at the state level to then move the state forward towards building a startup and tech economy and hopefully be able to apply to these like larger scale build and scale grants mm-hmm. um, to implement like actually implement projects in the future. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I do want to also maybe have you talk a little bit about what the venture uh, category enables you to go after. And, and maybe what we'll do is uh, we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back at the short uh, break to continue our conversation with Sonia Romero, and uh, she's the ED over at Thrive High. And this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Sonia Romero. Uh, she's the executive director for a nonprofit called Thrive High, and they recently got an EDA, Economic Development Administration, grant uh, called Build to Scale. And right before the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about, you know, sort of the different types of grants that the EDA uh, offers for this particular program. And and uh, you, you mentioned, Sonia, venture. So what does the venture category uh, expect you to sort of deliver? Is it, is it around identifying venture capital? I mean, what, what, what is uh, the venture part of this? Yeah, so, so the Venture Ignite level grant basically um, provides us the funding to create some sort of like statewide level strategy to determine like how exactly Hawaii can build a startup and tech economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for those like smallest, like burgeoning, budding startup and tech economies throughout the U.S. So, so given the fact that, you know, there are uh, a bunch of um, accelerators, you know, there's uh, various startup efforts that have been going on. You know, I think we're, we're talking to Elemental... Uh, next week, you know, they've got mm-hmm. their cohort 12. I mean, so these mm-hmm. these groups have been around like startup, um, uh, blue startups. Where where does this sort of new EDA build to scale grant uh, help Thrive High bring together some of those players? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And, and I guess I'll use this as an opportunity to sort of describe what we're hoping to do with mm-hmm. this grant. Um, so to your point, like there is a lot of players in Hawaii's ecosystem trying to build the startup and tech economy or sort of at least tackle this problem in one way or another. You can think of the elementals or the blue startups or the purple mayas, and mm-hmm. they've been doing this really excellent work for a long time. But I think what we've noticed at Thrive is that a lot of these groups have been working in silos and not necessarily working together cohesively towards like one clear direction. And so with our grant, what we're hoping to do is first build a network. So really create this community working under a label, like the Thrive High Network label, um, that is clearly identified to be working towards this problem of building a startup and tech economy. Then we want to align that network behind a clear strategy. And we want that strategy to be both data-driven and community-driven. 
So we're going to commission an economic report to see which like potential tech sub-niches Hawaii has the best potential to succeed in. Um, and what I mean by that is like technology is a really broad topic, right? It can mm-hmm. be everything from AI to like creating social media apps to biotechnology. So figuring out which of those sub-niches Hawaii actually has the best potential to succeed in based on our local assets. Um, and then figuring out based on community input what Hawaii's community is also the most excited about. Because, for example, perhaps Hawaii has the best potential to succeed in defense tech, but there's not a lot of community support behind that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would like influence whether or not that's really a strategic priority Hawaii decides to pursue, right? So first, build a network. Second, align that network behind a clear strategy. And then third, increase collaboration across the network by holding convenings with these like important members on a relatively frequent basis so that we know that they're talking to each other and we know that they can collaborate to implement even bigger and better projects. So so that's that's great and you know in terms of uh identifying s- some of those key areas that uh, you know Hawaii might uh be recognized for or mm-hmm. uh succeed at. I mean let's say mm-hmm. let's say if you're looking at Various specialties that Hawaii might have. It could be uh-huh. in the in the hospitality section, you know, hospitality uh-huh. uh, sector. It could be uh-huh. potentially in the ag sector. I guess uh-huh. will your study sort of reveal what some of those key uh, focal points might be, and uh-huh. and, and how exactly. how would how would uh, what would you expect that study to um, how would they arrive at that? question. So we modeled sort of like what this study could look like after another city that did this exact same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Tulsa, Oklahoma actually commissioned a study four or five years ago. It's called like the Tulsa Tech Niches like economic study. Um, it's really interesting. I highly recommend if anyone is as nerdy as me to go and read it. Um, but they hired a consulting group to look at like which tech sub niches A have like overall high potential for economic growth, mm-hmm. and then which tech sub-niches have high potential to succeed outside of large major cities. Um, because what we've seen is, like, a lot of times technology requires a certain agglomeration of a bunch of resources mm-hmm. in order to succeed, mm-hmm. which is why it's been so hard for certain industries to ever leave Silicon Valley. Um, so they also looked at, okay, which techniches have actually been able to succeed outside of New York, San Francisco, and D.C.? Um, And then they looked at what are the assets that that city has particularly, whether that's like human resource assets, whether that's which other complementary industries are already successful in that area. Um, And then finally, it was that sort of community input. What is the community excited about? What do they have passion or cultural values tied to? Um, That would really give that extra push for that industry to succeed in that city. If you were to, if you were to say off the top of your head, uh, pick some niches that you th- you think anecdotally might be well suited for Hawaii. Uh, would there be some obvious choices? Um, you know, I think that Thrive High should be like a unbiased party in this process, uh-huh. and we really uh-huh. do want to re- like represent the community's opinion. So, I won't say that these are things I believe would be successful, but some of the things I've heard from community members include. Um, ag tech and aquaculture tech, defense technology, um, biotechnology, and like geriatric care technology. Mm-hmm. Um, 
healthcare, technology more generally, are all things I've heard so far that like Hawaii could have high potential to succeed in. And I guess the follow-up question that I would have is, what would you um, expect uh, the, the study, whoever does the study, to mm-hmm. gather from a data standpoint that would uh, reveal or substantiate th- those particular niches? How would they go about identifying through data you know, what niches might be the best suited for Hawaii? Yeah, so I think a few things, like you can do research based on like national level data. So some of those things are like, oh, which niches have like, look like they will have large overall growth year over year? Mm-hmm. Which tech niches like have shown to succeed outside of these major cities? And like, those are pieces of data that you can find. Um, and then there's like also the more qualitative data of like, what do industry experts within Hawaii's community think Hawaii can succeed the best in? Um, and so I think that's where you have that sort of combination of both quantitative and qualitative data, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it totally does. Now, from a timeline standpoint, uh, mm-hmm. are you now sort of in the process of crafting an RFP to then select a, you know, a, a consulting group? Yep, exactly. That is what we are doing right now. And then <laughs> hoping to start commissioning the report early next year. And so uh, I guess what the plan is to kind of issue it as as um, kind of a nonprofit uh, procurement, your own sort of, you know, uh, this isn't free. I mean, obviously, f- from a government standpoint, you know, we typically go out there and put out an RFP and look for... Uh, uh, you know, three three um, responses. We'll have a selection committee. Uh, what do you what do you kind of envision as being the process upon which you would select? You know, this consulting consulting group. Yeah, I think it would it would pretty much be the same process: putting out an RFP, trying to get a few different proposals, and then figuring out which one is both like would be the most effective for Hawaii and and also the most cost efficient, recognizing that we're a nonprofit. Sounds good. And then, you know, so what I do also want to find out is once you actually, you know, get the RP and then you have the group uh, doing some of this uh, research, are there activities that that Thrive High would like to conduct, you know, in addition to the work that the consulting group is doing? So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short uh, break to continue our conversation with Sonia Romero. She's the executive director over at Thrive High. And we're talking about the EDA grant uh, called Build to Scale, and this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum right here on Hawaii Public Radio, HPR One. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Sonia Romero, Executive Director from Thrive High. And we're talking about the Build to Scale grant from the EDA. And right before the grant, uh, right before the break, uh, we were talking about the grant mm-hmm. and the timeline and the process that, uh, Sonia, you guys are going through right now, which is to develop the RFP that is going to get a consulting team to really look at identifying some of these uh, tech niches. I think that's a great approach. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, when you have the, uh, let's say, uh, consulting group that's out there, you know, ready to hit the ground, maybe, you know, talking to various sectors, uh, what, what is the role of Thrive High at that point? Are you, are you also in a 
in a role of, of convening people or is that pretty much uh, left to the consulting team? Thrive High's primary value add is that role of convening people. I think that's what we've been able to prove that we do pretty well um, over the past year or so with our various events and newsletters is like we understand how to connect with the community and and sort of understand how to elevate their voice. Mm -hmm. And so we have this first part of the project where we want to like commission a report, sort of use some of that data to determine which tech niches like Hoy should pursue. Um, I think there is this sort of second half of the strategy where it's like, okay, now we know what tech niches we want to pursue. Um, what is actually the pathway to get there? And I think that that's sort of where Thrive comes in more heavily um, of beginning to have these like secondary conversations with the community saying, okay, we've identified the targets. Like what, what are the gaps in the industry right now? What does Hoi need to focus on and invest in when it comes to talent, when it comes to access to capital, when it comes to government support? Like what sort of legislation needs to be passed? for us to really grow these industries. Um, and so that's sort of the second half of the strategic plan that we're really hoping to build out with all of these ecosystem builders. And, and Thrive High wants to be the one facilitating those conversations. So what you bring up is uh, uh, something that I, I kind of want to get a sense of in terms of the timeline. So mm-hmm. your, the grant actually started, uh, I think, uh, what, was it November 15th? Mm-hmm. And what is the sort of period of performance and uh, you know give you if you're given a kind of a timeline for the RFP the RFP is going to get issued you're going to you know make a selection the mm-hmm. once the selection is made the consulting team has a certain amount of time to actually put mm-hmm. that together and then mm-hmm. and then um, can you give us a sense as to what the timeline might look like and then when you start talking about the second half once the results mm-hmm. from the RFP or the study is done then you folks are actually going out as Thrive High, helping to bring the right parties together to uh, put some put some sort of um, catalyst toward some of these uh, niche tech sectors. So what what is the timeline for the first half and then the, and then the second half? Yeah, so overall the grant, we're, we were provided funding that would last our organization around two years. Um, and so what we're thinking is like the first half of sort of commissioning this economic report, like using that data to, to figure out what techniques Hoi could succeed in mm-hmm. would happen in the first half of 2024. Um, and then the second half of like talking with these stakeholders, figuring out um, how to actually achieve growth in those specific subsectors would happen in the second half of next year. So you said it's a, it's a two year, so that, but that's basically compressed into one year. Uh, what happens yeah. in 2025? Yeah, and so, you know, all of 2024, we're like working with the community to develop this strategy. We want to feel like it's it's bulletproof, and hopefully, we have this like clear implementation plan of like here's some projects and pieces of legislation um, to pursue. And so, I think 2025 would be the year that we really hit the ground with these organizations, going, okay, what are the grants we need to apply for? What are the projects that we want to pursue? What are the legislations that we want to to work to try and get passed? Um, and it's sort of putting that sh- strategic plan into action. Okay, that that t- totally makes sense because obviously it's uh, the the timeline for the 2024 session is really upon mm-hmm. us already, so it's mm-hmm. it's too soon. And then coming into the 2025 session, uh, you have a year to kind of go through the study and then come up with uh, some recommendations from a policy standpoint. Do you have a sense as to what what kinds of policy you might be sort of thinking about in the back of your mind? Um, I. 
don't want to speak like too early off the cuff, but mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. I will say is like, oftentimes in many cities, there are certain like tax incentives that mm-hmm, are used mm-hmm. to lure entrepreneurs. There is like, I think a lot of potential policies as it relates to making it easier to work remotely in Hawaii um, that we could also consider as a state. Um, so yeah, I, I am not the policy expert, but I definitely think that there, there are certain policies and or programs that the Hawaii state government could implement that would help grow the startup and tech scene here. Do you have people on the team that are sort of the, the policy wonks that might be even following some of the you know, bills that are being sort of drafted, introduced uh, during this upcoming session? I mean, it'd probably a good, be a good idea to start nurturing some relationships, I think, with our legislature. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I would say that we currently do not have any, like, strong policy wonks, um, but developing our policy capabilities is something that we're, like, heavily thinking about over mm-hmm. the next year. Um, and, again, I think this is a moment where, like, maybe we're lacking the capabilities, but we know that there are people in the community who do have those capacities. Um, and so that's where we're hoping to lean in on the community and have them help us figure that one out. Now, in terms of uh, you personally, Sonia, I mean, you're in New York. And how do you how do you envision sort of organizing and managing this process that you're describing? Because it's a pretty involved process, uh, given the fact that, you know, there's going to be RFPs, there's going to be selection, there's going to be managing the project once the, uh, you know, the team is, is uh, uh, decided upon. What is, what is your p- plan? Uh, would you decide to maybe come back to Hawaii? Yeah, great question. Um, so, yeah, I do have a, a pretty, like, solidified plan to move back to Hawaii summer of next year. Um, up until then, I'll probably be flying back and forth between New York and Hawaii um, once every one or two months. Um, and then I also just have, like, the really, really wonderful support of the team on the ground, so Trung, Johnny, Rich, Brody, mm-hmm. um, who are providing that on-the-ground presence for me as well. And, and Sonia, I mean, you're doing other kinds of business, right? I mean, uh, Thrive High isn't your uh, sort of sole occupation. I mean, what, what are you going to be giving up if you leave, leave New York? Yeah, so right now I work in nonprofit consulting, so I provide management consulting to large-scale nonprofits and philanthropists. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I will most likely be leaving that job early 2024 to transition to working on Thrive full-time. And then, uh, again, Thrive has uh, the benefit of, of getting some funding through this federal grant, which is, I guess, uh, going to support your livelihood uh, back, in, back here in Hawaii. Yeah, I, I'm really excited and grateful to be able to do this work full-time and I do feel like my experience over this past year or so working in nonprofit consulting has really helped prepare me to think big about the strategic vision for Thrive and, and where we can really take the organization. Um, and I think it's been this experience that also helped us like really win this grant and figure out how to communicate like our vision effectively. So, so yeah, when, I'm really excited and honored to do this work. When do you foresee being the first sort of convening of the current players in the marketplace? Um, that's a good question. You think it's going to be maybe after the RFP? Most likely after the RFP. I think we're already having conversations with some of the players in the ecosystem, so it, it could be sooner. Um, and I've already been having a lot of one-off conversations with like individuals in the ecosystem. So there's already been a lot of conversations and, and a lot of collaboration happening. 
Well, Sonia, this has been great, and I do want to keep up uh, with your uh, uh, timeline and the progress that you guys are making. Sonia, where can people find out more about Thrive High and the Build to Scale uh, grant opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to learn more about Thrive High, visit our website, www.thrivehi.org. Um, and, and feel free to contact me. You can email me at Sonia at as well. Sounds good. Sonia Romero is the Executive Director at Thrive High. And of course, I want to thank her for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about the Elemental Accelerator and their Cohort 12 and their investment in climate change uh, companies. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR1 every Wednesday or anytime be the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bye.